You're listening to Speech at Home, a podcast that offers tips and ideas for parents of children with speech, language, and feeding disorders. I'm your host, Danica Federi, and I'm a speech and language pathologist. Hello, you're listening to another episode of Speech at Home, and in this episode, I have Brie with me again. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the last episode and you have a picky eater at home, I highly suggest you do because Brie talked to us about food chaining. So if you want to know more about food chaining and how you can do this with your picky eater at home, I highly suggest you go back and listen to the last episode. But Brie, thank you again for coming on. If you wanted to give a little introduction about yourself and what you do, that would be great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here and share this information with families. So um, as you mentioned, I'm an SLP and I work at a nonprofit pediatric outpatient clinic. So we treat kids from birth through 21 um, on speech, language, and feeding disorders. But as you mentioned, my primary focus is with feeding and swallowing. So I work with kiddos from picky eating to medically fragile to breastfeeding and kind of everything in between. <laughs> Nice. So what are you going to talk to us about in this episode? So today I'm going to talk about food exploration and why that's important. And then I also have two examples of how to get your kiddos involved and a recipe in there. Ooh, nice. Sounds exciting. So do you want to kind of tell us about what food exploration is and I guess why it's important? So food exploration is really, really important for getting your little ones to be more interested in food and want to expand their diet variety. So I like to think of it as play-based learning. So when kiddos are little, they really learn through play. You know, that's what we see when they're learning language skills, when they're learning speech, when they're learning how to interact with others and socially develop, that they like to learn through play. And so using food as something to play with helps support our kiddos' sensory systems. So kiddos explore using multiple senses. We do taste, touch, smell, how we see it. There's so many different ways that we can get kids involved using multiple senses before they're willing to eat a food. And they really need to be okay with the foods being in their space and be willing to touch it and smell it before they're going to be willing to eat it. So just to kind of go into that before I go into the examples and fun activities. Some ways you can do it without, with just part of your daily routine would be to have your kiddos help with meal prep. Can they help cut the vegetables? Can they help wash them? Can they help, you know, get them on a plate or help serving the other people in the family? So not just putting the food on their own plate, but I love to incorporate family style meals. So not only are they scooping whatever the food is on their plate, they also are scooping it on everyone else's. And so by default, they now have had exposure to it four different times, you know, for a family of four than just the one. And so I love that style of it, as well as helping with cleanup. I like to not pressure kiddos to eat their foods during mealtime. You know, you provide the food, but it's up to them if they're going to eat it or not. But having them help with cleanup. So, okay, they didn't eat the cut up bell peppers today. Can they help clean it up to put it in the container? And then they know it's going away. They don't have to eat it, but they have had that exposure of touching and feeling and seeing the food just in their area. I love that. And I feel like in the last episode, you kind of talked about how a lot of times kids need multiple exposures to certain foods in order to start accepting them. So I feel like that's a great way and a great place to start. Yeah, definitely. Those, I mean, the exposures can take, like I had mentioned in the last episode, over 25 times. So if that's what it's going to take, just try to incorporate it into that daily routine. You know, if you're eating it, but your kiddo's not, 
well, can they just serve it on your plate or could they pass it to you? And those are just additional exposures without having to feel like you have to structure a specific time in your day to target that. I love that idea. So what are some examples that you have for how parents can kind of work on food exploration at home with their kids? Yes. So I have two examples. So the first one's for veggie exploration. So we're going to talk about how you can get your child to explore kale. And so I like to target lots of different vegetables with sprinkles and I call them like adding glitter or adding color or adding the rainbow to your food. And that just automatically makes it more fun. So I'm going to give a recipe for how to make kale chips and then how to get your child involved with it. So recipe wise, what you'll do is you're going to chop kale into small, kind of like bite-sized pieces like they would be chips. It's okay if they're on the small side and then wash, wash it very thoroughly. And then you're going to dry it. I like to use like a bread sack towel to really, really dry it out. It just helps when you're cooking them. Then you're going to add oil. And this is a great part to involve your kid in as well. So I like to put the oil on their hands and then have them put it all over the kale, which actually helps spread it a little more evenly, but it's a great sensory experience because not only are they touching the oil, but they're also touching the kale as well. And then I have them help sprinkle a little bit of salt on top. Space it out on a baking sheet. The more space, the better. And then you're going to cook at 375 for 10 minutes. While you wait, this is a great time to talk about what you maybe want to put on top of your kale chips. So is this going to be sprinkles? Are you going to use maybe, you know, a food that they really like, like cheese, Parmesan cheese, um, other seasonings. You might just add some extra salt because they like salty, crunchy foods and just talk about like, oh, kale's green. What else is green? Oh, the green traffic light or mommy's car is green. Or how can you just relate it to different things in their, in their day-to-day routine? Once it's done cooking, you let it cool, and then you add all the fun on. Rainbow sprinkles, like I said, is just a big one <laughs> that, you know, once they see rainbow sprinkles on top of it, it kind of it gets their anxiety reduced that it's a big green food because they see all the other colors now. And so that's just a really, really fun one to get kids involved. And maybe they're going to eat it, maybe they won't, but at least it was a fun activity to explore and play and get them more willing to try the food next time. That's so much fun. I I know a lot of adults also have trouble with kale. I wish I had this idea when I was learning to love kale because like you said, it kind of makes that food a little (laughs) less intimidating for them. It's not a big green food anymore. So I love that idea. And I believe you said you had one more idea. So do you want to share that one with us? Yes. So the last example, this one actually I find to be helpful even with the younger kids. And so it's doing a car wash with purees. And what I mean by purees is any food, any just really soft, smooth puree. So it doesn't have to be baby food. It can be yogurt. It can be pudding. But typically this is used with kiddos that have a little trouble with that slippery texture. So get out some washable cars. A lot of kids' toys I find are washable. So get out some washable cars. And I either say you can set up outside. You know, if it's warm, I'm like, just strip the kid down and go play outside. (laughs) Or if you're inside, you can use a cookie sheet. And so I have the child first help create a messy road. And so some older kids might like to outline a road using like pretzels or crackers and kind of create that on the cookie sheet. And then you're going to add the messiness, which is the puree. So is that the yogurt, the pudding, the applesauce, whatever it is that you're targeting? 
then I have them drive the cars through that mess. And so during this, you know, you might talk about like, wow, that feels a little bit wet or it's cold or, oh, again, you're going to target like the color is the yogurt um, pink because it's strawberry. Oh, that yogurt's pink, just like the bubble that's in your hair today or whatever it is. So incorporating it to things that the kids like. Once they drive them through, you're going to have a big container of water where the car can be washed. And so I have them dunk it. Again, we're getting wet. It's a different texture, different feeling. They're washing the car and then you have towels for them to dry the car off. And then just repeat. You'd be amazed how long kids will play with this activity when they don't know there's not really pressure to eat. But for our kids who are hesitant to even touch some of these, this is a great way to remove that pressure and get them involved with the food without them feeling like they have to eat it or they have to touch it. You'll notice sometimes they'll be driving the car and they kind of keep their fingers at the top of the car because they're afraid of it getting on them. But by the end of it, it's okay that it got on them because they know they can wipe it off and they know that it's safe and you're not going to pressure them to then eat it. Nice. I love that idea. And I really like the idea of kind of associating these foods and making connections with other things that they like. I know when I've done feeding therapy, I usually make connections with other foods that they like, but I kind of like how you talked about how we can associate it with other things like, oh, it's like the pink bow in your hair that you really like. And I just think that's such a great idea because it kind of helps them make connections between the food and other things they like, which kind of makes the food less intimidating Mm -hmm. for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just like to bring in anything that makes the kid more comfortable and makes it fun because feeding should be fun. It should never be a negative experience. And if it is, you got to find a way to make it fun again. (laughs) Nice. I love that. Yes, there's always a way to make it more fun. I know now I'm excited to go back to in-person feeding therapy because I get to use rainbow sprinkles on my kale or on my vegetables. That's such a fun idea. If you are a parent or therapist listening to this episode, I hope you guys are able to take something away from this episode and try some of these tips out at home with your kids or picky eaters. And I will also be linking the recipe in a blog post down below as well as Bree's Instagram handle. If you go on Bree's Instagram, you can find a ton of helpful information about pediatric feeding and swallowing. And thank you again for listening to this episode of Speech at Home.